Welcome back to Brisky Business. Uh, this has been a great program this afternoon. This section is Brisk Bulls and Bears, and it's so cool when you have an expert uh, with you on the program. And I have got the founder of LD Micro, Chris Lahiji, with me today. Chris, welcome back to the program. And man, when we talk about public markets, and particularly when we talk about the micro cap section of the market, where really you're devoting your life right now, your LD Micro events is all about that sector. Tell me why you think the micro cap companies are important and why they're important to you? Well, you have about, I want to say, close to 12,000 microcap companies in North America. And most of these names have virtually no coverage from the street. And a lot of them don't really have a lot of great information on it for investors. So what you have to do is you have to take the initiative and basically, you know, wrap, you know roll up your sleeves and, and, and look at each company on a one-to-one basis. And for, for me, that is, it's essentially a treasure hunt. It's trying to find you know the needle in the haystack, if you will. So the good news is with, with something like LDMicro.com that has a screener, you can essentially uh, navigate the universe uh, which any way possible. So you can look at things based off sector, you can look things at based off market capitalization or average volume. For me at least, I, I I'm doing everything that I possibly can to buy things that are not really correlated to macroeconomic activity. And let me tell you, Dave, it's gotten a lot harder with COVID because for for the majority of executives that I talk to on a weekly basis, COVID has not helped things one bit. It's made things a lot harder. So you want to you want to ultimately look at companies that can that can navigate this, whether it lasts four months, six months, a year and also see companies that can benefit from COVID um, and, 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 and the repercussions. So the reality is that out of every 10 microcap companies, but probably six or seven are, are struggling because of, because of COVID, and there's one or two that are doing really, really well. And, and right now we're trying to find those one or two. So yeah, that, that's interesting. I've seen that as well, but I think the vast majority of us obviously wish that this thing never happened. It's been brutal, uh, not only from a health standpoint and all the uh, fear, uh, uh, and of course our, our economy and the unemployment has just been you know, decimating uh, our, our, uh, our economy, which is never good for anything. But I'm sure, knowing you, Chris, there's probably uh, some LD Micro clients, some LD Micro companies, some on the LD Micro uh, index that might have just been in the right place the right time. Can you talk about maybe one or two of those that you think uh, 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 we should maybe take a look at? Well, I can only I can only tell you what I have personally invested in because I, you know, I'm going to I'm not going to sell anything that I haven't tested already. So the first company is a company called United Natural. The ticker is UNFI. It's a little bit bigger than what we deal with uh, on a day to day basis, but. This is a company that I've known for several years now. I used to own a company called Super Value, which they acquired back in 18. And that ticker was SVU. And what United Natural is, it's the largest wholesale grocery distribution company in North America. And they have nearly 300,000 SKUs. They have 59 distribution centers in the country. And their biggest customers are Whole Foods, Kroger, um, in this case, Amazon.com as well. And a lot of people don't realize that all these shutdowns that took place prevented people from ultimately going out to eat. So a lot of fast food places are open and a lot of you know, recreational, I mean, uh, 
a lot of restaurant chains are also open, but they're only doing to-go. And in a typical day, pre-COVID, about 40% of the country's food comes from grocers. And that number always rises in recessionary periods, too. But what we think is happening right now is that uh, Americans are relying on grocery stores for about 70 to 80% of their food consumption. So who does that benefit? That ultimately benefits a company that basically supplies all the grocery chains in the country. So you look at Kroger, you look at you look at uh, Albertsons, you look at all the big players. Um, you look at Sprouts. Their same store sales growth for all these companies is up double digits. And for United Natural, they basically supply what you're out of. So in this case, you know, disinfectant, toilet paper, pasta. It's even hard getting beans now. And I look at this, and it, it, to me, it tells me that they have a huge tailwind. Um, and, and it's going to last a lot longer than anyone thinks. The other real wild card here that I'm factoring is, as you mentioned, there's a lot of people that are losing the, their jobs. I think that COVID is probably going to be the worst thing to happen to our country since the Great Depression back in the 30s. And when you when you don't have work, you really can't go to BJ's restaurant and order a $30 deep dish pizza. You have to basically go to a grocer to rely on to rely on your food consumption. So my take is, um, given that the unemployment rate, I think will continue to go up in, at least towards the end of the year, uh, this will benefit them and, and who they supply. One more thing that I want to mention is, a lot of people don't look at the company because it has a huge debt. So before their SVU, before their super value acquisition, this company was one of the best managed companies, both in terms of operationally as well as when it comes to balance sheets and income statements. They bought a big company and they financed it with debt. Well, because of what's going on right now, they are very quickly paying down that debt. So just this last quarter, they paid out the debt by over $300 million. They also have one asset on the books, a Cub Supermarkets, that I think could be worth over, you know, close to a billion dollars. So if they decide to sell it, uh, no one really knows the timing on it, but if they do, that's going to that's gonna allow them to pay the debt even faster, even further. So my take is you want to buy something that uh, that has a lot of a tailwind behind it, that is a very good operational team uh, at the helm, and has a proven track record. And for full disclosure purposes, I do own shares of this company in my accounts, and I also own options as well. Wow, that's uh, that's actually a really great story, and uh, fortunately, it's a client of our roasting division, CLR Roasters, so we know the company well, uh, and uh, couldn't agree with you more. Uh, and the tailwind, I think, is really interesting that you bring up uh, this, uh, you know, this scenario that we're living in, this new normal. You know, what what fears me most, because people ask about the bounce back and all of this. You know, we've we've gotten used to eating at home, and you know what? Some of us are eating better at home than we were out at, at restaurants. So I think the restaurants to survive are really going to have to you know bring their game uh, because uh, you know people have gotten used to uh, that, those home cooked meals that uh, you know they took for granted I think so a company like you just brought up wow are they going to benefit from that tailwind of of kind of the slowness of people eating out again what do you think about that 100% Dave and not just that uh, I absolutely do believe that restaurants are going to survive for the most part I think they're going to be successful but but I think that the other big tailwind that I didn't discuss is all, are all the people that have to stay home now or are working from home. 
guess what happens to that? They don't really go out. They just stay there. So they have to cook for themselves too. So yes, eating healthier is a huge advantage of, of essentially staying at home. And I think that it's gonna it's gonna be with us for, for quite some time. But make no mistake, I mean, no matter how much money I have or how much trial and error I do, I can never make a Taco Bell beef burrito, which is probably my favorite food item. So so that take is is it a little less healthier than what I do at home? Probably. But uh, but my general take is a lot of people are now getting um, you know, accustomed to just having, you know, really healthy meals at home. Uh, there's also a huge cooking phenomenon going on in this country where people like me who never thought they could make, do anything like make eggs or, or cook rice are now realizing that, hey, it wasn't that hard. And if you just can get a little bit of time, you can make some great things at home. Yeah, and I think people are, and I agree with you, and that family time is, you know, I guess one of the little silver linings that people are seeing. Uh, my daughter uh, happens to work for Frito-Lay, and they've been advised they're not coming back to work at least through September, believe it or not. So they've got used to, to uh, kind of working at home. And you're yeah, back. Frito-Lay is a good old, old Plano, Texas company, so I know it well, and, you know, when it comes to those chili cheese dip burritos or, or Cheetos or any of these things, I'm absolutely obsessed with it. <laughs> Chris, you've um, probably had some, uh, some stories of some great winners, you know, what people like to focus on, on the downside, but microcap winners in your career, some, someone that went from microcap to big time, can you rattle off a few companies? Uh, I think the most recent for me was a company called 8x8, the ticker is EGHT. And uh, for full disclosure purposes, I still own shares in the company. And I think at one time we made uh, close to 25x return. So for, for everybody listening, most, most microcaps are, are very risky investments. You need to factor that in. Um, so you have to be very careful of where you deploy capital. For 8x8 though, this was a story that I started following in 2004, 2005. I got involved uh, a year after that. But it was a VoIP company, so a voiceover internet telephony company. And what fascinated me most about these guys is A, they were local to me. They were in Sunnydale, California. B, about, I want to say, 50-60% of their overall valuation was in cash. They were making money every single quarter. And one thing really surprised me, they had a very low churn rate, which is they didn't really lose customers. So I thought that every single quarter that they would move ahead, they would obviously have bigger and bigger revenue, and that churn number, if, if, if less than 1% or 2%, they were going to really uh, make a strong impact on the bottom line. Well, guess what happened? These guys basically metamorphosized themselves from a VoIP company to a cloud communications company, and now today, it's one of the largest players in the space. So for me, it was, I was essentially buying what I felt, uh, you know, I was buying a dollar for about a dollar fifty that was paying me five to ten cents every single year, and I never had any idea how big an opportunity they had and how the company would evolve over a fifteen-year period. So, so my take is that I'm very grateful for being being an early part of it, 
And I feel that, you know, people are essentially discounting them today as to what they can do down the road. You know, it's a great story. And Chris, one of the things I love about the microcaps, obviously we're a microcap company ourselves, so uh, it is it is hard work. But one of the things I found interesting, and I spoke about this on a few shows, so when I look at investment portfolios, everyone talks about their smart money and their fun money, right? And I know tons of people, 90% of their portfolios in their smart money, and they're bored to death with it, and they hand, some hand it to a moneymaker, and it's in a basket of stocks, and they're smart enough to know that's their deal. But Every time I get together with anyone, the only conversation is in that 10% or whatever smaller percentage of their portfolio that are in these microcap stocks. That's what gets them passionate. That's why I envy you in LD Micro that you're with those serial entrepreneurs that are doing it every day, that are looking to blast it out of the stratosphere. And frankly, the microcaps probably employ more people than um, most people would ever realize. Do you know how many uh, microcap, uh, uh, the microcaps? and how many uh, employees they're accountable for? Do you have that number or no? Uh, it, it has to be in the millions. I mean, it, I, it, all, it almost has to be Dave. Yep. But yes, I mean, it goes back to a much bigger point, which is I don't think this country spends enough time talking about small businesses, both public and private. So for me, in terms of the public, I want to do everything in my power to make it more inexpensive, easier on a regulatory basis, and just allow, you know, everyday investors, and you've had a lot of them since this COVID thing is hit, you know, with Robin Hood and, and, and just all these guys who are essentially at home, and also the guys who can no longer bet on sports. Hold, the th oh, hold that thought, because we have run out of time again. And this segment is Brisk's Best and Brightest, and this is when I'm talking to you, and it's this, it's that part that I'm really passionate about, really about mentorship. In fact, I, uh, my wife gave me a coffee cup uh, that I think is perfect for this segment. It says, every day is a clean slate and a fresh start. So I couldn't agree more, uh, especially given these times. And I'm excited today to have Chris Lahiji, the founder of LD Micro, with me on the program. And Chris was super excited. Uh, when we talked about this part of the program being about mentorship. And, you know, Chris, you know, we talked about this new normal and the college graduates coming out into a, a scenario where they started the year with the most unbelievable opportunity that they knew was right out in front of them. And all of a sudden, really, the rug got pulled out from under, you know, from them as well, not just, you know, everything else we're talking about, but these college graduates or those that have just gotten started in their career, who knows what happened to them. So it's really time for, you know, folks like us and maybe have been through a few things to have an opportunity to speak directly to them about what advice you can give to them in this situation. You bring up a great point, Dave, and I'm, I'm most proud of my career when it comes to helping people who, who are just starting, uh, not just in this industry, but, but any, anything that they're passionate in or they're thinking about working in. My take is nobody, when you're born, um, yeah, to me, life is very similar to Texas Hold'em. When you are born, everyone gets dealt two cards facing down, okay? And you can't, you can't predict and you can't control what those two cards are. It's just the luck of the draw. Everything else that happens after those two cards, I, I, to me, is based on hard work, you know, and, and, and luck, okay? But you also know this. It, the harder you work, the more luck you have. But I don't even look, my, my take is, I don't, when, when young guys basically come up to me and they say, well, how do I, how do I ultimately, you know, become what I want? 
everything starts with one single person, one connection. So for me at least, when I started my career, I would ask people what they didn't want to do, okay? And I finally got one person to say, hey, I don't like going to conferences. So as a 20-year-old man, I said, well, is it possible that I can go to conferences on your behalf? And he said, sure, because he didn't like traveling and he didn't like going to events. So guess what? I, I took the job, and as a result of that job, I met a lot of people, and sure enough, those people also had unique requests. So the take is, no matter what it is that you're doing, if you're good at it, people will recognize it sooner rather than later. And then what you have to do is you have to become invaluable in the sense that I can't do this without this person. And that's going to require a lot of hard work. And I'm very proud of this, this younger generation, at least in the microcap world. I mean, there was a there was a 10 year period where there wasn't a lot of interest, and now there's a there's a new set of, of young 20 year olds, guys in their mid 20s, that are coming in. They're asking the right questions. They're working hard, and they're providing a great service for everyone. So that's my take. You can never predict the ups and the downs, but as long as you showcase you know, what makes you truly valuable to either the person sitting next to you or to an organization, you will always have work regardless of the economic situation at hand. You know, it's so great that you said that. You know, we had Mary Lou Henner on, our, on as a guest on one of our programs, and she talked about uh, making yourself indispensable or irreplaceable, essentially being there and filling in all of those gaps in an opportunity within a company, maybe sometimes the jobs no one wants to do. And by doing that, you know, that's a great way and a great mindset as you come into a situation where uh, employment might be difficult. Uh, so what did you think about uh, making yourself indispensable? It seems like you were paralleling the same type of discussion. Well, well for me, look, as, as someone who grew up playing, playing tennis, uh, you lose a lot, okay? And that, to me, was kind of the secret of why I think my own, own career, even though it was filled with a lot of potholes, turned out to be a success. Because you're going to get no a lot. You're going to get rejected a lot. They have this new term, Dave, that's basically called ghosting, where you essentially submit a resume or a cover letter and you never get a call back. So it basically goes into this deep, dark hole. You have to be able to essentially keep confident and pump yourself up. So with tennis, when you lose, it's on you, okay? And when you win, it's on you. Just for every young person that's listening to this, know that most days are gonna be very hard. But it's going to be the, the persistence, it's going to be the diligence, it's going to be that ultimately that sets you ahead of everybody else. So one of the big snubs that people our age have is that you know young guys don't work as hard. I don't think that's true for a second. I think sometimes they may lose focus here and there, and there's a hell of a lot more distractions, at least on the technological side. But once you are there physically and once you are there mentally, it's over. So a lot of the guys that we have employed over the years are people that I have just met who are just doing day-to-day -day things. You know, um, some of the best help we have are people that, that have been waiters or waitresses for me, you know, over, over the last decade. So that's the take. You know, people don't realize that you can make a positive impact with every person that you meet. That's why it doesn't matter who's on the phone with me or uh, who's sending me an email. I want to be courteous and respectful to everyone. And if anyone goes on my LinkedIn profile, it's my objective is, is to do just that, regardless of whether you do business with me or not, because who knows what great things that you're going to be able to do down the road. 
You know, one of the things that you had said to me uh, in one of our conversations was, uh, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it was something like, uh, I assume that uh, when I'm in a conversation with you or when I met with you that it's the last time or something like that. Yeah, no, I, I, I want it because I want to appreciate every moment, Dave. You know, every day is truly a blessing. And we have, we have guys, you know, who work at LD, who are military, who have, you know, who had friends that made the ultimate sacrifice. I've had friends that have essentially died, you know, very healthy people that have died of aneurysms. We, every, every second of the day is something that no one should take for granted. So for me, regardless of whether the market is up or down, whether I can't do a physical conference anymore, or at least in the immediate future, um, whether I have to figure out how to pay payroll, it doesn't matter because I know that if I make a phone call, if I make an email, if I make a text, and if I could just make someone smile or laugh just a little bit, it would make me feel much, I mean, much more fulfilled as well. So the take is for all these young guys is you have to be able to generate energy from really small things. You know, a callback, um, a, a piece of laughter. That's, that to me is what, 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 what goes to the heart. And that's why I don't judge I don't judge my friendships or my relationships in business based on how much money somebody has. I always do it in the sense that does this make me does this does this person make me feel better inside? And and I think that's why I've been prosperous. You know, I, I agree with you, and I, and I love that idea of, you know, if you're in a conversation with somebody, focus on them, uh, try to get them to left, treat them as if it's the last time you might see them, right? And that was the, the point you had made uh, in that discussion. Uh, you know, Chris, I don't know if you saw the Brisky Business Show when we talked about gap moments. Uh, I, I do a lot of stuff on gap moments. It's how I've lived uh, my life, and, and what a gap moment is is basically an appreciation for something every day that you may that mo most people may walk by a, uh, a sunset a blooming flower whatever it is you have to find that joy each day uh, what do you ground yourself in to add joy to your life and do you believe in gap moments okay so Dave I have to give you the disclosure that this is kind of egotistical because you know it involves me but both you and I we probably have very busy days both personally and professionally so just that my gap moment for me is is that time where I am left the hell alone. <laughs> and it is towards the afternoon around 5 to 6 p.m. And and as you know, uh, I have been working on, on, on lowering my weight for the last three years pretty actively. And, and for me, I had to reduce naturally the amount of food that I consumed. So for me, the gap moment is the first time that I eat during the day. I know it sounds crazy, it's around 5 or 6 p.m. And it's always the same. I basically go to my cabinet that you see on my immediate left, and I take out a huge jar of Skippy, and I put as much of this peanut butter as I can on my spoon, and I devour it while watching YouTube. So, so it's, it's just a moment of absolute bliss because A, I'm hungry, and B, it's a long day, and see, I love peanut butter. So it's, again, going back, sometimes the best pleasures in life are the, are the simplest. And I, and you know, regardless of how long this COVID thing lasts, hopefully it will end soon, but I have about a year, a year of peanut butter down in the garage. So, so my moment of zen, 
my gap moments hopefully will continue at least in the immediate future. Yeah, that's a great story. And I do have to congratulate you. I, I don't know what you lost, but I have to figure it's three three figures um, and from uh, when I've seen you, you look absolutely great. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's a credit to uh, hard work. I know what it takes to lose some weight, and it's not easy. So I've lost a little over 90 pounds, Dave, over the last three years. And again, it starts with really, really small changes. I used to eat seven meals a day. And at the end of the evening, I would always I would always finish the night with a Hershey's Kiss or something small that's chocolatey, just to kind of have sweet dreams, if you will. But you know what I did? The first thing I cut was that was that Hershey Kiss, and then it would go down to six meals, and then five, and then four, and then three, and then you ultimately customize it. It is all mental in the end, and it, I can't teach people drive. I don't think that can be taught. Okay, but what I'm saying to everyone listening who's just starting their career, you have to find what what doesn't feel like work. You have to find what makes that you have a passion in, because once you do that, it doesn't become occupational anymore. And and uh, Rachel Ray to me probably said the most important thing I've heard in in the last year. There's a lot of people that can't get out of their work, that that don't love their jobs, that are doing something you know just to kind of make ends meet or something that doesn't give them any pleasure. You have to find your own gap moment. You have to find something that makes you feel comfortable deep down inside, that brings you happiness, that no matter what the external is, doesn't impact what you feel. And I've been very blessed in my life. I have a lot of things that I can, I can think about that motivate me to want to go on and, and move forward. Based off what I've done in 20 years, makes no difference when, when I wake up every single morning. So when you have that mindset, that, that there's a lot of people that still don't know you. There's a lot of people that, uh, that, uh, that you can influence in a positive way. Um, that's all the energy I need. That's perfect, Chris, and you know what? We're out of time. I have enjoyed spending an hour with you today talking about all these topics. I really appreciate the time, and I hope you have uh, a gap moments heading your way and plenty of skippy. This is Dave Brisky with Brisky Business signing off with Easy at LG Micro.